0: All right, welcome back to the craft craft brew film review. Get tongue tied saying our own title, CBFR. Practice, practice.
1: <laughs> Sally uh, sold seashells down by the seashore.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> what was it? Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> All right, so uh, what we do here is we we like to talk film, uh, and this week we're talking about the nineteen thirty. No, oh, sorry, 1929 Oscars. I'm a year ahead of us already. Yeah, 29 into 30. <laughs> 1929 Oscars. And we're going to be talking about the Oscar winner for mm-hmm. best film. Mm-hmm. And we picked a couple of the runners up mm-hmm. and just kind of go through them and give our thoughts on the three films mm-hmm. and whether we agreed with the winner or not. Uh, but first, what are you drinking today, sir?
1: Oh, uh, I am drinking a Firestone Walker. Um, they're based out of California. This mm-hmm. is their version of an Oktoberfest.
0: I like the can, um, the, the blue and the little firestone. Like the way the yeah, it's super out. cool. Um,
1: they they do a little bit something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, they do something a little bit different for Oktoberfests, which are it's meant for a German like harvest festival, mm-hmm. um, which funnily enough takes place in September but ends on the first day of October. Um, now with. It's fun little trends in the craft brewing world now. Oktoberfests again, which are traditionally held in September, their beers are released in July. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, what they do is a little bit different. Um, Mars and styles are Oktoberfests. They're typically more malty. Um, they're not as bitter, not as super hoppy as like other IPAs. But they what they do with theirs is they actually age it in oak barrels for a little while. So you get the nice malt flavor. Like
0: unused oak barrels, or had they been used for something else beforehand?
1: Um, that I, I don't know if, they're, if they've been used by something else beforehand or not, but it's just it's just oak. So you get mm-hmm. an oak flavor to it. Five point two percent alcohol. So you can have a couple and not regret it the next morning. Um, Define a couple. <laughs> uh, three or four. <laughs> There's
0: that shot
1: for the ASMR fans. Yeah, <laughs> for the ASMR heads. good stuff (laughs) I love that I look forward to Oktoberfests every year Um, it's not something I think of like ah yes thank you
0: (laughs) and I'm drinking black cherry rum and Pepsi
1: (laughs) (laughs) when it's when it's 130 degrees outside I don't typically think Marsins, but um, I I look forward to them every year Um, I have a regular rotation for for these these seasonals absolutely love the style
0: it's one of my favorites so you'll get through that and then you'll be getting all the, the pumpkin ones
1: uh, that they're starting to pop up, I think, here pretty quick. They're, they're at least they will be early next month, I think, is when they start dropping. Because fall is in the air, leaves are started dropping. Yeah, I got the little alert, like,
0: Starbucks has released its pumpkin spice brews! And everything. Well, and I'm like, I don't drink
1: coffee! Fall is like the twenty what is it, 21st day of September, is that the first day of fall? And... It doesn't matter. Starbucks starts the fall season with with that. Oh come on,
0: <laughs> Christmas decorations are in they the stores had, they had in Halloween. July or something. Like right had, they had come
1: Halloween on. at some stores, <laughs> like the day after the Fourth of July.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, um, let's break into a movie. So, first one we're looking at is in Old Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in nineteen twenty eight. And it was one of the other films that were nominated for Best Picture. Uh, uh, it obviously was not the winner. <laughs> no, it was but one of the runners up. It is. Uh, let's see. It's directed by Irving Cummings and Raoul Walsh. Which, funny enough, uh, I guess Raoul Walsh was actually supposed to star. I saw this story. as the Cisco yes. Kid, which uh, is one of the characters in the film. Uh, and I guess he he lost an eye in an accident on a return drive from Los Angeles uh re, sorry return drive to Los Angeles from Utah when a jackrabbit jumped through his windshield causing him to lose uh an eye and He lost shortly an eye before filming.
1: I saw that. Yeah, and they had to like scramble and
0: find a, a replacement lead. Yeah. And what's funny is they they did find a replacement. Buddy Roosevelt Uh, who was cast in the role, but he broke his leg shortly before the picture was to start again. (laughs) So he was then replaced by Warner Baxter, who managed to stay in one piece and won an Academy Award. (laughs) I was just like, this film was kind of cursed for this role. But so it didn't end up starring Raoul, but we have uh, Edmund Lowe as Sergeant Mickey Dunn, Hmm. Warner Baxter uh, as the aforementioned Cisco Kid, Dorothy Burgess as Tonia Maria, Soledad Jimenez. As Jimenez. Jimenez. Jimenez, sorry. As Tonita the Cook, and then Pat Hardigan as Cowpuncher. Cowpuncher. Yes. I specifically put that in there. Like I don't remember <laughs> where that was, but just the fact that it was like somebody was cast as Cowpuncher. Mm-hmm. I'm like, gotta put that in there.
1: It's kind of a neat so like you mentioned the Cisco kid. Um they have uh, stories like it, it like that character has been in dozens of movies dozens really? of movies short stories going back to 1907 8 hmm. um, I think if I remember correctly he was an original character that Ro Walsh created for a short story in 190 yeah it was 1907
0: 1908 oh wow that's
1: cool um, the most recent uh, example was 19 they, they've been doing movies with this character all the most recent one was 1994
0: hmm. so it's it's still somewhat relevant is it all like Pertaining to the same type, like the same character, or are they just like the names. It's it's did?
1: no, it's it's the same per the same character.
0: <clears throat> hmm. I I did not know that. That's actually quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but this movie, uh, the synopsis was a charming, happy-go-lucky bandit in old Arizona plays cat and mouse with the sheriff, trying to catch him while he romances a local beauty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Which is one of the reasons we cho- chose this to watch. So we always you know watch the Oscar winner, and then we pick some of the runners up uh, to watch which i i thought was interesting that it's in old Arizona but none of it was shot in Arizona no <laughs> it was shot in Utah and California
1: well that's that's pretty standard it's it's like when they when they do move or when the scene is set in Mexico it's in Utah or Arizona
0: yeah <sighs> refreshing mm-hmm. so essentially yeah uh, Something also that I thought was kind of interesting about this film before we actually start breaking down the story was that I guess it was the first major Western to use uh, the new technology of sound. So it was like you know, the first Western talkie. Uh, and it was the f- But it was the first one to be filmed outdoors hmm. uh, as opposed to like inside on a set. Like, Soundstage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it says uh, it made extensive use of authentic locations filming in Bryce Canyon National Park, Zion National Park in Utah, and apparently Mission San Juan Capistrano. Which is in San Antonio, and I was like, I was just there earlier this year, <laughs> so I went back and like started trying to find sections of the film that that was to see if I recognized it. Because I mean, obviously, this was like almost a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, know, I guess a hundred years ago, it was it had like some like uh, the mission had some stone sticking out of the it. It isn't there anymore, and obviously it wasn't the white color it is right now, but. I couldn't find any scenes that I recognized. I was like, maybe it was filmed inside the mission. I don't know. Maybe, or uh, just like an outdoor
1: type of thing. Like, Oh, we're going to stand in front of a brick wall. Yeah. That type of thing. Maybe. I don't know.
0: I was curious if the house that, which we'll get to was, was the house that I saw on the grounds, but I don't know. Um, so we essentially have, uh, this movie open and, uh, the, the Cisco kid, just right up at the start, pretty much, robs the stagecoach. Yep. <laughs> and there
1: was... So, like, to start with this movie, like, a little bit before that, before the, the stagecoach robbing, Um, they had uh the, the, like, setup for, like, these older couples that are loading onto the stagecoach, and they had, like, the old husband and wife that were kind of bickering back and forth, mm-hmm. and... The old lady like yelling, Don't forget to check on this and don't forget to check on that and then there's this random donkey that just decides oh, to yes. like hee haw in the background.
0: <laughs> I <didn't remember> that. <laughs> um uh, that,
1: that damn donkey, I don't know if it's the same one, but it pops up like three or four times. Oh yeah, I've, the got rest of the movie. yeah. <laughs> I've got a comment about it later.
0: Yeah. I've got a comment about it later. but no, that's absolutely true. Like so at the beginning of the film, uh, the So, I'm going to mention this probably a couple times throughout these films. But this is really... Watching these has allowed me to really appreciate modern, like, sound mixing and directional mics. Oh, yes, yes. Because when everyone's out there, they're, they're trying to get the dialogue of these two people. But all you hear is noise from them talking
1: here's the audio from the movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but not just that everyone around them making noise and talking in the background and stuff like that you can't barely understand what the people are saying because of all that going on yeah um and then yeah just randomly says <laughs> i was like well i recognize that
1: yep the donkey was right in front of the mic
0: <laughs> oh goodness
1: yeah it's it I, I that was a running issue that i've noticed with not just this movie, but the other ones that we've watched for this, as well as the yeah, there's one last... that
0: sticks out for sound for me for actually being pretty good. And, yeah, just but not this one. one.
1: <laughs> I mean, like it's it's been a running theme where like they didn't have every um, in one of the other movies we're going to talk about today, it was the same kind of thing where it looked they were yelling at a microphone from across the soundstage mm-hmm. and hope yep. they got it. Yep, it, it's it makes it very difficult to to watch these and. Like, cause I don't, I, I, don't watch them with headphones. Um, my preference is like uh, closed captions, just mm-hmm. for you know, just for other reasons. But they, the one that I watched didn't have it for this. Um, I don't think even
0: moving that mic is helping.
1: No, it, it just, <laughs> it just makes it very difficult to understand a lot of the dialogue. So you have to sit there and rewind it, crank the volume, and hope you can decipher it.
0: Yeah. No. I, th- there, there was times where yeah, some of the movies didn't have uh captions, so i couldn't help there's nothing for me to figure out mm-hmm. uh there's one of the movies actually that i ended up having to go and read the synopsis because i'm like i don't know what was going on because i couldn't <laughs> hear them i don't know who these
1: people are <laughs> i don't know what they're doing and at this point i don't care
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean like it it wasn't the first talkie but this is essentially like the first year of mm. talkies being made still trying to figure stuff so, yeah, out. yeah they're still trying to figure out how to actually get some decent sound out of it mm-hmm. um yeah speaking of which like so this being at the academy awards this was at the second one uh and it was actually nominated for five awards so outstanding picture best director best actor best writing uh and it uh, tied for the most uh the year for with the patriot uh and it also had like best cinematography um so yeah
1: some of the sets were kind of cool i mean yeah only I mean, like... with it
0: being outside definitely yeah. um uh Sorry, I'm reading through my notes as we're talking here, but, um, so yeah, he had the whole donkey thing, uh, and there, that's the stagecoach that ends up being robbed by the Cisco Kid, mm-hmm. and he like has everyone get out, and you know, then he like, kind of steals the this necklace I think it was off of uh one of the ladies that was on the, mm-hmm. the ride, and then he told everyone get back on the stagecoach to take off, because he had had them give them the, they were transporting like the box of like cash. money and gold and cash and whatnot. Uh, that I don't know if it was being taken to a bank or what, but he stole that. <clears throat> and I found that he, he got the box, and so he puts it on the ground, and then he shoots it, and then kneels down to open it up. And I realized this was before uh, a lot of directors really thought about B-roll, because you don't see the box You when he puts it on the ground. You don't see him shoot the box. You don't see him pulling anything out of the box. It's literally just like, the frame is all of him, and then he kneels down, and it's this much of him as he's doing stuff below <laughs> the camera, and then he stands back up. Mm-hmm. And so it's was like, it would have been nice to see that stuff. And there's like somebody like rolling dice, I think, later on that it's just showing them, and they keep looking down, and it's cutting off like half their head as they're doing stuff because yeah. it's not showing the B roll. And I'm just like, yeah. You, um, it was one camera show back then. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to want to return to that scene. Um, you mentioned the when the soldiers or whatever were playing dice. Oh, yeah, yeah. No,
0: yeah, we'll definitely get there. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so Cisco Kid, you know, got all this money. And then he heads into town and at the time um, is showing that there's a $5,000 reward for the Cisco Kid, mm-hmm. which I did the math. Today uh, is $89,303.50. Hey, that's... So not bad. That's pretty good. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> But so he, he goes into town and he then goes to the barbershop. and he's there you know, getting getting like a, his hair done and getting like a nice little I think he was getting a shave if I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, the the barber's bitching about how the Cisco kid robbed this stagecoach and it had 87 of his dollars in there that I, I guess was being sent somewhere. Uh, and then there's two guys wanting to form a, a vigilante committee. And they're like, we're going to go after the Cisco kid. We're going to get a posse you know, going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get a posse and go get him. And I'm just like laughing. I'm like, this is actually pretty decent because like that's the Cisco kid and nobody knows that. And like I wouldn't have thought, you know, so, a movie this old, maybe thinking to do something kind of tongue in cheek like that, I guess. Um But, the, <laughs> so the, you know, then the barber, like he's... The six-year-old kid like, you know, hey, draw me a bath, because I could really use a bath, and I'll give you the $87 that you lost. And the barber's like, oh, my God, so thank mm-hmm. you, thank you, thank you, and goes, draws a bath. And the whole time, I'm head, I'm like, he's giving you back your own money, and you're sitting there giving him a bath for it.
1: Well, he, he doesn't know that. I, I know, I mean, but I was like, it's pretty funny to see that. It's it's set in, what, 1860s, 1870s, or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, they didn't, um, photographs were ten types around those times if they even had access to one. So if, if, if someone says like wanted this fugitive, you might have a really terrible sketch of the person. Yeah. There was no, nobody's going to know what name. this dude looks like. Yeah. As long as he doesn't act all, you know, uh, weird and off center and suspicious, nobody's going to think twice about seeing a dude going in to mm-hmm. get a haircut and take a bath.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, because that's another thing I thought. It was like I'm used to modern westerns, where it's like you know, so and so is wanted, and has like a little sketch of the person based on yeah. eyewitness account. And it literally just says Cisco Kid. I'm like, that could be anybody. Exactly.
1: <laughs> that, that's yeah. Like like I said, if <laughs> if they even have a sketch, yeah. Um, a lot of the old time ban- uh cow thieves, bandits, stuff like that, they would just waltz into town, go hit up the saloon, go grab something to eat, and then leave, and nobody knew who the hell they were.
0: Yeah. Can't pull that off nowadays because no. everyone's there with their cell phone. You
1: know. Now now there's cameras everywhere. We're <laughs> surrounded by them right now. <laughs> yes, we are. Hi.
0: <laughs> so he, he's getting his bath drawn up. And that's when uh, Sergeant Mickey Dunn comes into town. Yeah, good old the Mickey. The soldiers and everything. And he comes into the barbershop, too, all dirty and needing a haircut and whatnot. And then has a, a conversation with the Cisco kid. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of becoming friendly, and, you know, he gets his hair cut, Cisco Kid goes has his bath, then they meet out front, which also is a weird kind of thing, like, I went to the hair, the barbershop and had a bath, it's not something I would think of nowadays, you know, modern plumbing, um, <laughs> but <laughs> you mentioned, like, you know, no one knowing, knowing the, who the Cisco Kid is, and they're all like, oh, yeah, you know, if you're, if you're ever in town, you know, you know, being buddy-buddy, and then Cisco Kid drives off, and then... Mickey goes and talks to just some guy that was, you know, taking care of some animals. And he's like, do you happen to know where this Cisco kid is? Because I'm after him. And he's like, dude, you were just talking to him. And he's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I was surprised at how much I was actually kind of laughing along with some of this stuff.
1: You you kind of glazed over one thing right at the end of that that scene when he was talking with the the dude. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, you know, you were just talking to him, ha 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 ha. And then that damn donkey pops back in again,
0: and they oh, make yeah, a yeah, joke. Yeah. About I, it. I was yeah. getting to that. Um, the I have it right here. Uh, did they just censor the word "damn" in "I'll be damned" by a donkey? Hee haw. Because he's like, I'll be hee haw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then it was up. just like ass or something afterwards. I was like, well, maybe not. But shut still. up, you jackass. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the, the donkey pops. <laughs> that in whole again. thing was
1: a setup for that one line.
0: <laughs> goodness um but yeah no then he takes off uh and heads you know back to uh like the house wherever it's located uh away from town and his <laughs> he's pulling into town and uh the tonita the cook sees him coming or mm-hmm. runs to warn uh, which i don't know if it's his fiance or just girlfriend or what it's,
1: it's a lady he's just obsessed with if i were if if i caught the caught the just right
0: well, she definitely plays it off like they're a couple and, yeah. and everything like that when he gets in town. But, you know, Tonya has to, like, shoe off some, like, guy that she was, you know, I'm assuming in bed with uh, as he runs off and takes off mm-hmm. so that the Cisco kid doesn't know that she's cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what was, I thought was funny is he had just had a bath. And he had, like, had a bath with all these, like, perfumes and oils and whatever. And so he gets up to her and he smells nice. And then... It's not five minutes from the guy leaving her bedroom and she's getting on to the Cisco kid accusing him of cheating because mm-hmm. he smells so nice. And I'm just like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. She she was, you know,
1: playing it up. Like like you said.
0: While well, he's giving her all the money he had just stole and jewelry and the necklaces that he stole mm-hmm. and just she's showering just her like with Like Playing him and... for a fool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just the fact that she's secretly cheating on him and then accuses him of it. I was just kind of like, that's that's kind of, that's a little beyond shady. I mean, come on.
1: Again, a lot of these uh, characters, and there'll be some other stuff that we talk about later on. For a lot of these people are terrible people, absolutely terrible people.
0: Speaking of which, when all the soldiers came into town, the yeah. two soldiers were in the uh, in their bitching to. Uh, sergeant mickey that they're all the women in this town are fat Mm -hmm. and so they want nothing to do with any of the women in this town i was like that's kind of fucked up
1: (laughs) oh it gets worse
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah no i I, I have comments uh from other movies with some stuff too um but yeah so that's kind of where we're at uh sergeant mickey is trying to track down the cisco kid and you know kind of bring him to justice Mm -hmm. uh and the cisco kid is completely and totally just obsessed with Tonya. Uh, who she's... Well, that's actually... I just went... Uh, Tonia and Tonita. I just noticed that. Tonita. Because you had Tonia Maria and you had Tonita the cook. Didn't even notice that till just now.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe, they're, maybe they're related.
0: <laughs> but... and the cool. So he's completely obsessed with Tonia uh, and she's just obsessed with getting money and fooling around with whoever she wants to fool around with. Yep. So I have a question from this point. Because this is part of the movie that I didn't quite understand. So the Cisco kid, and I wish there was something I could call him, other than, he's Cisco now. Uh, so Cisco, we'll after singing the Thong song, uh, sent Tonia. Wrong Cisco. I know. Uh, sent Tonia uh, off to see Sergeant Mickey. And if I'm not mistaken, did she send him or send her off to find him and seduce him? He, I think and if that so, was, why?
1: yeah, I think that was the original plan. Like he's the, he's the new guy in town. So I'm going to send my girl for, to, to, you know, uh, do, be the whole honeypot thing and, and gather intel. And he ends up being obsessed with her anyway. If I, if I caught that right.
0: It, well, not at first. If you remember, he, no, he like yeah, shoot he her, her away. Cause he was like saying, him. I have to, I have my own girl and I'm dedicated her. And I kept yeah. showing this picture of her, uh, which she was never in the film. But, uh, he like brushes her off and she gets all pissed And then he happened to like bump into somebody else. And I guess that somebody else was like, Hey, that that's Cisco's, you know, that's the girl that's inspired the thong song, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but again, again, wrong Cisco, (laughs) (laughs) but that's, 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 that's Cisco's, you know, lady right there. And all of a sudden from then on, like he's obsessed with her. So
1: maybe they were, you know, uh, what's the triple agent kind of thing. Like she was working for him and then, he was playing her for info, and it it, it turned into very spy thriller ish. I think, mm, yeah.
0: Um, and during some of this, though, while they're in like the, the the bar when all this was happening, and she's trying to seduce him, I was just like trying to pay attention to some of the acting in some of these scenes, and it occurred to me, I was like, did movies that were back in this time really care so much about the acting? Versus getting a shot where all the dialogue came out correctly and then moving on, because you know you're you're burning reels and I'm sure that shit was expensive. I, I'm, I'm sure it was, yeah. Because there was times I was like, this acting is horrible. You you got one shot, get it right. Yeah, get, get <laughs> so if the dialogue comes out correctly once, cut
1: done. Print uh, so, some of the yeah, some of the acting and some is laughably bad. Yeah, um, especially from uh, like background characters and stuff like that they're just mm-hmm. you, they end up doing things like so the point of like background actors and things like that is to kind of set a mood or a scene or something like that and if they're drawing your attention away from the main characters they screwed up that happened a lot here
0: or they're just better actors <laughs>
1: <laughs> also true but like i kept like my attention kept getting ripped in random different places Where like mm-hmm. wait did i see that no okay Wait, yeah, I saw that one. You know, yeah. just random things. It just, yeah.
0: Well, so at that point, Sergeant Mickey is all into Tonya because he's trying to get close to the Cisco kid. And she doesn't know that at first, strangely enough. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently she doesn't know that. even So Cisco told her, like, you know, what's going on. And she went to go. You know, seduce him and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then was a offended that he wasn't just like head over heels in love with her at first. Uh, and then they start becoming like a little couple on the side until she's at uh, the little soldier camp. Mm-hmm. And finds the flyer that says, you know, the Cisco Kid $5,000. And then she becomes pissed off that he's trying to get the Cisco Kid. And I'm like, you already freaking knew that. Cisco told you. And that's why you went to go get information from him.
1: Yeah. Maybe
0: she didn't. But know, she maybe, saw the five thousand dollars too, and suddenly she's like, "Whoo! Maybe we should take them down together."
1: Yeah, she's she's trying to do. It's it's this age old trope. You see it a bunch of times. Um, like like you said, oh, maybe I can get my get my share of that ninety thousand dollars, American.
0: But it makes me wonder though, does she? Is this the first time she ever left her house? Because there were flyers all over the place saying "Cisco Kid, five thousand dollars." She knows who the Cisco Kid is. And it didn't occur to her to try to get the money, even though that's all she cares about, until she saw it in uh, Mickey's tent.
1: Maybe she just didn't know. Or, like you said, maybe she just didn't leave the area. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe uh, Tonita, that was the 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 cook. cook, Maybe she went into town for supplies and then she just kind of did housework and stuff.
0: Maybe that's possible. Yeah, because I saw her uh, pulling a wagon a few times with some uh, supplies in the back. Yeah, that'd be... Maybe that's it. Yeah. But yeah, it just seemed strange that suddenly she was like, I want this money. What? And I was like, this is the first time you thought about doing it? But <clears throat> so while that's happening, Cisco is at the house trying to take a nap. And I have a big issue with the scene. <laughs> Some lady comes up and is complaining and saying something about the baby she's holding. Uh, something about, like it won't sleep or something. I, I couldn't quite tell what she was saying with all of the noise. And then they just put the baby down outside this window and they all just fuck off. Mm-hmm. While right on the other side of that window in the house, Cisco's trying to sleep, and he can't get any sleep, and then he comes outside and just sits and chills with Tonita. What the hell was the point of the whole baby scene?
1: I I, I have absolutely no... I got nothing.
0: I was just like, if you wanted to come outside and talk to the cook, just have him come outside and talk to the cook. Why did you need a screaming baby?
1: Did anybody go back for the baby? I... T- I don't think so.
0: (laughs) I think he's holding the baby for a minute, and I think eventually somebody comes up and takes the baby.
1: I don't remember anyone coming to get the baby.
0: But that shows how important the baby was to the scene. Yes. Because you can't even remember if the baby's alive. I don't. (laughs) We just cross our fingers, you know, hope.
1: Everything's fine. It's going to be fine. (laughs) It's going to be fine.
0: So, now they're in cahoots, right? Mickey and Tonya. Uh, And... They're at her house, you know, acting out whatever kind of carnal things. Um, Stuff. When, when Cisco shows back up because you know he needs another number one hit, um, <laughs> I'm gonna carry that all the way through the end. He really does. It's been a while, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, what happened to Drew Hill anyway? I, they, uh, <laughs> what was the name of the band, right? Drew Hill, that was yeah, and then he yeah. split off and did his and solo did Cisco, thing yeah. and
1: then faded off into obscurity.
0: Wow! <laughs> wow! West. I remember him doing that with Will Smith. But okay. So, anyways, a little off topic. Hey, um, Moving. Cisco back. comes back and he he runs into Tonita, who like kind of stops him, uh, and he essentially catches Tonia in the act with uh, you know the sergeant who's after him. Mm-hmm. And so from that point, he like he knows that she's you know been fucking around on him. Uh, and Tonia had made this plan you know come back at 10 o'clock i'll have him ready you know Uh, he'll be back by then and you know go earn our money um but with him knowing he decides to kind of like test her right he just plan it up yeah Yeah, he's just like let's just leave tonight you know the 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 heat's on Let's, let's get out of here let's go away together and she's like, no, 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 let's wait till the morning, let's wait till the morning. So he's like, all right, fine. Like, I, I know what's what's up here. Mm-hmm. So she sends off a letter to Sarge saying, like, he's here, come, you know, come get him. Uh, and he intercepts the letter with Tonita and changes it to say that, you know, he's here, come get him. Um, I'm going to be wearing his clothes mm-hmm. and riding off into the night. He'll be wearing women's clothes. Don't hesitate. Shoot the one in the women's clothes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did he not question why the fuck Cisco would be suddenly in women's clothes and she'd be wearing his clothes? No.
1: I I, I, I could see someone being so focused on, this is my chance to get him. I don't care what's in the way. I'm going to get him. Yeah. That's that's the
0: only thing I, just, I can I, think. I had I struggled with that one so much. Because to me I'm like If I'm the sergeant, Cisco doesn't know I'm coming. This is an ambush. Why would he be in disguise? And even if he was in disguise, why the hell would Tonya be wearing his clothes and riding off into the night?
1: I misdirection. My I I don't know.
0: Long story short, bitch caught a bullet. She did.
1: <laughs> yeah, she the so I'm like, sorry I, no i was just going for like don't don't factor
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> As what jeff was referring to <laughs> was at at the end of the film um he he takes the cisco kid like the the jig is up and he the you know the ambush is he can see the sergeant in the background so he takes off on his horse and then um the lady steps out wearing her clothes. And then based on that letter, the sergeant sees, oh, sh- there he is. And then they just open fire on this on this, uh, this two-timing woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the very last scene of the movie was just him up on a hill, like in the moonlight. You know, horse rears up. And he's like, and that's the end of the movie.
0: Yeah. I, I literally <laughs> wrote here, like, lessons taught by in old Arizona. Cheating leads to death. Credits. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a very, very long Um,
0: I actually forgot, uh, Tonya also gave a tarot reading to Mickey. Once again, missing B-roll footage.
1: Yeah, here's a card.
0: We completely glossed over the dice game. What did you want to say about that? Oh,
1: man. So I I was watching this, um, and when the dice game popped up, there was some background audio. And it was one of those, like, holy shit, did I hear that right? Um, So I, I went back and rewound it, and I did. And this, the, um, again, I'm trying to keep in mind the um, time that these movies were made. hmm Trying to keep it through that lens, because we talked about this on a previous episode with uh, with The Singing Fool. And in the background, when they're playing dice, one of them drops a, a racial slur, like a bad one. Really? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Oh, it's bad. Like. It, <clears throat> It's one of those, like, my jaw... Dr- like, there's no way I heard this right. And then I went back, and sure enough, I did. It's... Oh, man, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't catch it. Uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't catch it. It's,
1: it's very subtle, but it's, it's one of those, like... There's no way... Like I one of the
0: characters said it character Or like somebody off behind camera? No, one camera of the one of background guys.
1: That's, that's kind of what I was referring to. Like, if... Again, this movie was made back in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep that in mind, but man, that caught me off guard. Not a good, not a good choice, not a good choice. Yeah.
0: Um, well. well uh, <laughs> in, in, in that note, um, no. Uh, what were your thoughts of the movie in general?
1: Uh, meh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, it's not something I'm going to clamor to to watch ever again, really. Mm. Um, I, I get that the character, the Cisco Kid, has been used over and over and over and over again, um, but. And, I, I uh, not yeah. my not my favorite. I mean I, I wish I had more of descriptors than, than that, but that's really all I got.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I liked elements of it. Um obviously the the <laughs> My daughter's in the other room. Mm. <laughs> uh when I like when I mentioned uh the whole like Cisco kid sitting there and they're like, We're gonna catch him uh and oh speaking of them catching him, there was a scene where they tried to and he like shot him up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um but no, I, I liked elements of it, and I could see they were trying some things, but you can also see, to your point, it's kind of a, a film of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, sexism, obviously some racial stuff. Oh, yeah, it was... Yeah. Um, the <laughs> Excuse me. infancy right. of film, even though silent film had been around for a little while at that point, when it comes to, you know, B-roll and sound and all this other stuff... Um, they didn't quite know
1: about, like you said, mic placement and things mm-hmm. like that, yeah. and they probably had a very limited time budget as far as they need to get this stuff done in quickly.
0: Yeah. But I mean, overall, out of some of the stuff we've seen, I was like, this is definitely not at the bottom of the pile for me. Um, it was still a decent watch and then fairly enjoyable. It just had some pieces where I questioned why that was there and what was going on.
1: It was fine from a historical <clears throat> perspective. Like I'm I'm glad I watched it, but I'm not gonna wanna watch it again. Just just so I can have like, like you mentioned early, like this was part of that transition phase between silent movies and sound movies, which funnily enough around that time frame actually ticked a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. They didn't like sound with movies. They liked the orchestra and the silent films. They considered it its its own art form. And as things progressed, they were kind of put off. Like, I don't like this tech. I don't want to deal with it. Just give me what I had before. Yeah. Um, but seeing that progression from the silent films to the the talkies, as it were, it's it's kind of neat to see that transition. Um, again, not probably probably not a movie I'm not going to run out and say I want to watch again. You know, right now.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. But, I mean, if anyone does, uh, it was on YouTube for free is where we found it. So.
1: If, if I recall, it's in the public domain.
0: Yeah. Um, There's some of them that... Uh, I don't know if it was this one. There's another one that says it becomes public domain on January 1st of 2024. Mm-hmm. But before we go on to the next movie, we have a sponsor. That sponsor is Oxygen. <sighs> it's good, right? All right, moving on. <laughs> so dumb I don't care (laughs) alrighty Uh, so the next film also nominated for uh, best picture at the Oscars was Alibi Mm, that came out in 1929 Mm -hmm. Uh, director is Roland West Uh, stars Chester Morris as Chick Williams Eleanor Griffith as Joan Manning Williams Regis Toomey as Danny McGann. Pernal Pratt. That's a interesting name. As Police Sergeant Pete Manning. Pete. Pat O'Malley. As Detective Tommy Glennon. Uh, Harry Stubbs. Real as Buck... Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harry Stubbs. As Buck Bachman. Uh, Irma Harrison. As Toots. Toots. It's, it's, it's not a flatulence reference. Um, and then May Bush. As Daisy Thomas. <laughs> um. And essentially the synopsis here is uh, Chick Williams, a prohibition gangster, is released from prison and marries the police sergeant's daughter. Shortly after marriage, Chick is accused of murdering a policeman during a robbery while he was at the theater with the sergeant's daughter. While the alibi hold as the detective squad employs its most sophisticated and barbaric techniques to bring him to justice. Before we break down the movie... When I started watching this, and my wife asked me, "Like, you know, what are you watching?" I was like, "Alibi." She suddenly she suddenly goes, You G L Y, You ain't got no <laughs> alibi. You ugly. And I was just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> oh goodness. So, Anyways,
1: so so this movie was based off of a, a play called Sticks.
0: Yes, because it says it's also known as the Perfect Alibi, Stick, and the Bat Whispers.
1: I, uh, is this a Batman thing? <laughs>
0: Um, I think I know why it's called that, and I'll get to that. In another thing I Night made nightsticks. Um, no,
1: it was. Uh, starting the movie, like they had those neat kind of tracking shots. Like, oh the- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I want to break that down. Hold on, two seconds for that. Um, so film was nominated for three Academy Awards, and uh, so including Best Picture, which is why we were watching it. Uh, Best Best Actor in a Leading Role for Chester Morris, who was Chick Williams, and Best Art Direction, and the uh, Chicago, to your point with a uh, movie from last uh, mm-hmm. time, banned the film, citing it for immorality, criminality, and depravity. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's back in those days they they had a censor board. Um, and they absolutely would ban movies that that kind of glorified criminals, especially in Chicago because mm-hmm. that was where was, that was Gangland there? Central, Capone, and all of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but so getting to what you were going to bring up. Uh, Director West experimented a great deal with sound, music, and camera angles, uh, which is prominent in those opening scenes. So, uh, get to what you were saying.
1: No, the the it seemed to me like um, since this was one of the early sound movies, um, again talkies, they had those cool tracking shots, like going down like the the jail and stuff like that, and then you had the the uh, officers were like banging their nightsticks on the wall, and you hear the echoes and all this kind of cool stuff. Um, Bad whispers. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I thought was like there was so much sound, like in that first, I don't know, five or six minute segment. There was like the best analogy I could come up with is like a, a kid finds a new toy. Mm-hmm. And then they just like, we're going to go overboard with yeah. it. Right. And it's the, this. Yeah. The nightstick
0: d- thing got annoying after yeah. a minute.
1: It, it was continuous.
0: Like, there's like chink, 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 just for like, God, probably four minutes.
1: Yeah. It was, it was just repetitive. Yeah. Like, you hear that crack, crack. Um, It was, it was neat. And then it kind of overstayed its welcome a little bit. Like, like you were saying, it just, it just got, got over the top. Yeah. It was neat to start. But guys, come on.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're playing with sound. But yeah. while he, that, that, the nightstick thing was a miss. I agree. There were some very interesting camera shots. Um, so, in the opening, in the prison. So, this is uh, as Chick Williams is going to be getting let out of prison uh, on probation. Uh, or was it probation or was it just letting out? He I don't was remember. letting him out. He um, served his time. Yeah. So, they're in the prison, and the shot is uh, showing all the way down this long. Uh, cell block like yeah cell block with all mm. the, the cells alongside, but it's not like today where they're all you know bars uh they were doors with a little window in it uh and all you see is the guard up near the camera and the guard way at the end of the hall and they're the ones kind of ting ting you know with their sticks. uh and then all these doors open camera doesn't move and the doors just shut and suddenly all the prisoners are there because as the door opened they stepped out but they were still blocked by the door. Hmm. And so they would have stepped out and stepped over just enough, as I hit my mic, uh, for the doors to shut. And it just reveals all the prisoners. I was like, that was kind of
1: cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I liked that shot.
1: Yeah, that, that was a neat setup. Neat neat sequence.
0: And then, so he gets let's out, let Uh, Chick gets let out of prison. And then this, like, camera tracking shot is just going forward towards a hotel. And then it just continues forward and just... Uh, kind of dissolves into inside the hotel going mm-hmm. down a hallway towards a bench and it just keeps going and then it just dissolves and it's suddenly in like the, the nightclub whatever area with all these girls dancing but while today you know whatever but weighing that against when it was done and that shows how much this director was trying to experiment and not just have a camera sitting still yeah um, he was trying to put motion into it and like do something you know more along the lines of good cinematography and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I could see that this guy was kind of pushing past what everyone had been doing. It that was time. it was
1: neat to start with, yeah. Um, just like like you said, a lot of the different shots and stuff isn't something that you would typically see in movies around that time frame. Um, it was it was neat to see them trying new things.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed that part, um, but. When it dissolves into the room with the the girls dancing, I'm curious. Was it a requirement contractually to have uh, dancing girls in early cinema? Because every fucking movie has dancing girls.
1: Um, maybe it was an attempt to draw male audiences, perhaps. Because we we noticed that like there are several other films around this time frame that were up for similar awards that had. Dancing Girls, they were done in nightclubs and cabarets and all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, if if, it's, if they're there for a reason for the story, okay, whatever. But, like, every single movie has them. And I'm just like, okay, move on. <laughs> no, it's song and dance. Everybody likes that, right? Yeah. But, so, in the Dancing Girls is Toots. She's Toots. one of the girls dancing around. Uh, and she's, I, I forget what his name was, but there was a a drunk there. Uh, and I'll explain why I forgot what his name was later, unless you remember what it was. His, uh, um, n- n- not his real name. His Billy. Name. Billy. Okay, Billy Billy. Billy Morgan. Okay, Billy Morgan.
1: I was like, I have that. I have that written down. What's?
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I have his name, but not his name. Um, so Billy Morgan is is there. And at first, I didn't know what was going on because he's just staring at her. And he's all like, Yeah, and I was just the weird like.
1: Like, oh, this is a special needs kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought
0: at first. I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, what, and then later on he's all doing the, how are you? Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, this is another theme I'm seeing in film. I'm curious if any actor, director, producer, anybody involved in film this time, especially since it was around prohibition, had ever actually seen somebody drunk. Because every drunk person is like, rrr, 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 rrr. I'm like, that's that's not
1: drunk. No, it's it's not. Uh, if if I had to guess, and I'm I'm just I have absolutely no idea, but I'm just guessing here. Um, again, they had those boards of censorship that would allow things to get through, and maybe they had to play it up in a way that it made. You're that... talking
0: about those. Uh, what were those rules called? The, Some guy that made those rules. Oh, the just, code. Yeah. Because no. that didn't actually come into place for a few. Years. No,
1: no, not that stuff. Um, but uh, where they had to play up, you know, like someone that was drunk to be a complete buffoon, to not like glamorize that type of stuff. I'm guessing. I don't yeah. know, but it,
0: something. Um. But yeah, I just that's something that sticks out in the yeah. movies to me. I'm just like, what in the? Heck? I, I,
1: th- I I thought it was like a, a special needs kind of guy.
0: Yeah, no, it, it took me a while to figure out he was a drunk. Well, <laughs> I thought the they, same they thing. They showed
1: that one scene with like they had that bottle of like cognac or whatever it was in the in the decanter, and then like he just kind of sauntered over and like, oh, I'm I want some of that. Like, oh, he's supposed to be drunk, but he was like that the entire movie.
0: <laughs> that's another thing I have that I wrote down for one of the other movies, but I'll just go ahead and mention it here. Um, Every single movie that has somebody who's supposed to be drunk in it, for some reason is drunk the entire movie, and you almost never see them drink. Yeah. But they're somehow drunk the whole time.
1: It's it's a special talent <laughs> that takes a lot of effort, a lot of work,
0: a lot of yeah. practice. But So, yeah, you got Billy the Drunk. Um, <laughs> Billy the Drunk Morgan. <laughs> doing stuff. Um And, you know, Chick is like, you know, meeting uh, with some people and everything there, which I didn't realize exactly who they were at the time. He was just sitting there having dinner with some people. Uh, And then it eventually gets to a scene where, uh, oh, what were the names? Uh, Police Sergeant Pete Manning and Detective Tommy Glennon are talking and finding out that uh, Pete's daughter, uh, Joan is uh, essentially in love with Chick Williams, who just got out of prison. Mm-hmm. And He'd been they out both... for three
1: days, and they're in love already.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently they'd had correspondence while he was in prison, too. but <laughs> Prison pen pals. Uh, they they lose their shit mm-hmm. about her being in love with him. Um, and just, like, loser, like, yelling at her about how, like, you know, he's a, he's a criminal, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and she's like, he did his time. He's trying to be better, and, you know, and... He says he was like framed for some things and whatnot. And to this point, like, we don't know anything. We just know he got out of prison. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did thought this was kind of interesting because this carries on throughout the entire movie. That it's something that still carries on today. That a lot of people, it's like, once a criminal, always a criminal, regardless of whether you've done your time. It's
1: very tough to get over that stigma. Yeah. Um, Because once, especially if you've done like any time, any serious time, um, if you got a felony. That's that's going to ride you for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, because I mean that 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 mentality definitely bothers me. Um, but I get it being in the film because the whole point is to get some kind of a reaction out of the viewer, right? Uh, but you know, so that dude like that being a thing. Essentially, the police sergeant's daughter is in love with Chick Williams, and at that point they go out to a show at the was it the national theater i think mm. it
1: was yeah it was like some yeah
0: yeah um, and then so they're at a show and you know they're they're at intermission and doing their thing and then it happens to show a car leave the um, or drive by rather the theater and here's something that i thought was interesting i was just a moment ago a moment ago a moment ago complaining about you did it twice about, <laughs> no i said moment about the second m- time Moment m- m- pointing m- out what i said uh, but moment ago, pointing out that you know the missing B roll, not knowing what it is. Uh, this director actually did B roll. Uh, so like the instead of just one scene, the car going by, like you'd have a scene go the car go by, and then another camera angle, the car like turning a corner, and then another camera angle as it comes around the corner, mm. and then the camera angles where people are like instead of just like looking at their watch, then it dissolves and actually shows their watch, and mm. then it goes back to whatever. And I was like this guy's telling a story like hmm. this director, like I'd be interested to see what else he's done. But essentially, so this car pulls up to, like I guess it's like some warehouse or something. Uh, and they're pulling stuff out uh, and putting it in the car as a cop comes around the corner.
1: Unluckiest flat foot on the
0: force. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, comes around the corner and like, you know, pulls his gun. And he's like, Hey, stop what you're doing. And you know, they all freeze and this arm just kind of comes out of the side of the car little pop. revolver pops Yeah, it twice kills the, the cop. But just before that though, he's bent over on the like towards the ground whistling and smacking his nightstick mm-hmm. in this little beat. And I'm curious, was that Moore's code? Um I Is that what those nightsticks were for? Not just for beating no, people up they, it's for they, like they were for telling def- other cops they were defense,
1: but it was um I don't know if there was a code. I I don't I but it was to get it wasn't a specific enough pattern that Every officer in that in that radius would know. Like, I need to go there now, because mm-hmm. um, radios wasn't really a thing then. Yeah, but that's that's how they would communicate whistles and like they would bang on shit and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Well, when that happened, it made more sense to me at the beginning when he was doing that with the nightsticks, like just kind of beating uh, against the wall there at the opening. That
1: so, like in the prison, that I think was just a straight intimidation. Decade. No, I know,
0: but I'm not, I'm just on my like from the aspect of watching the film. Mm-hmm you know, getting used to that sound and having that be part of the opening and then having that be like a policeman sending a message to a nearby policemen. Cause then again, it showed more B roll of other cops hearing it and like starting to beat stuff to figure out where I guess they needed to go or something. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought those sticks were just for hitting people. I never realized no, no. Like they, they,
1: they would use anything that they could to get attention and get help. Cause if mm-hmm. you got three or four guys and you're trying to hold them by yourself, you need help and you need it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, while that's happening, then the little guy, you know, Um, and, you know, he's down for the count. (laughs) Uh, And then the, you know, the the car takes off. Uh, And then like later on, we're in, you know, the apartment again at the part, uh, Sergeant Pete's, I keep forgetting these guys' names. Sergeant Pete Manning. A lot of it runs together. Yeah, I know. The head honcho of the cops, uh, the Sarge, <laughs> yeah, the Sarge, but actually, they're both Sarge, like, so he's police sergeant and the other one is sergeant detective, so that's why I didn't put Sarge. <laughs> we'll, we'll just go with SGT, <laughs> that's all I got. But so, Pete, uh, Pete. It, they're back at his house, and Tommy comes up to Joan and says, uh, like, are you still in love with Chick? And I just kind of went. Dude, she just told you yesterday. What the (laughs) hell? It's not like it's been six months. It was yesterday. It's been
1: a whole twenty-four hours. (laughs) Do you still love him? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I was like, okay, that was
0: okay. Um, But what threw me was she ran into Billy at her house. Yep. Because they started saying like, you know, this cop was killed, uh, and they for some reason know (laughs) what gang did it. And they're like, you know, who was a member of that gang, Chick? So let's pin this on him. Uh, like, wait, hold up. <laughs> yeah, no, no evidence right now to say Chick had anything to do with it. And how they have evidence that it was even the gang he was part of? No freaking clue. But they're just like, find a way to say Chick did it. And I'm like, well, that's that's fucked up. But okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run him. Yeah, but that that person there was Billy, who ends up actually being uh, Detective Tommy. Gl- no, sorry. Danny McGann, Danny McGann, who was also a cop.
1: That whole thing was the dumbest. Like, oh God, he's he was undercover the whole time, dude. You had him pegged from the first thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. No one there's because they showed him a bunch of times, and like and later kept on, trying to
0: get near the table the chick was at. And yeah, everything. they kept
1: trying to get to the table, and like all of a sudden, like you know, oh, we're gonna trust this guy.
0: Mm, mm, mm. come
1: on man <laughs> yeah pretty much um, I, 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 i'll uh, please continue i'll yeah, sure. share my thoughts later
0: <laughs> but yeah I was, and, and i mean to this point it's like still like we've there's nothing to show this chick's done anything wrong nope. but the cops just say it's him let's let's pin it on him he did it yeah for no reason um and by this point chick and joan have also gotten married because yep. after the show at the National mm-hmm. Theater, I think it was, uh, that's when they went and got hitched.
1: Well, like they they were like, or was it just before? Something no, it was like, like, hey, where this robbery happened last night? Where were you? Oh, I was at the National Theater, and here is the ticket stub with, mm-hmm. with, you know, with my girl, whatever. Yeah. Um. Never mind the fact that they showed several questionable things leading up to that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that
0: in a moment. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so yeah, he had he had an alibi, hence the name of the movie. Oh! We said the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, because he was there with his wife, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And at that point, they start investigating. Uh, And I actually thought this was actually really cool for the time of the movie. Because some of the movies we've been watching from this time period, they just say, oh, this happened. Okay. Oh, this person did it. Okay. They actually investigated So, they went to the show at the National Theater, and then it shows, and it has this B-roll with the whole watch thing and everything. Um, And the detectives, once intermission starts, come out, get in a car, drive to where the crime scene happened, give it a minute, and then drive back uh, to the theater uh, to see if they could have made it back during the intermission, Mm -hmm. which they found out they could have. But during that, there was a first-person shot... With the camera, essentially, like, I don't know if it was on the hood of the car or inside the car, of a car driving down an actual street. And I was just amazed by that. Because, like, nowadays, yeah, big fucking deal. This was 1929. And I'm just like, they did a shot like that? Like, how did they do that? I found that so interesting.
1: Um, I may have mounted a camera on the hood and just had a guy lean back and just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, (laughs) like,
0: I I actually tried to look up information about how they did this. And I couldn't actually find anything. But that just seemed so unique to the era, the of when this was made to me. Like this was Roland West. Yeah, this dude was trying some stuff.
1: They they had. I mean, you mentioned that is used today. You mentioned the um, uh, the camera on top of the car um, for wings. I mean, like they had the 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 dog fighting and stuff like that. But they had a dude in the in the plane that was up there like that. Um, So it wouldn't be out of the. I mean, super difficult to like you know, wrench down a camera on the hood of a car and then just have a guy up there just driving around, you know, strapped down, just kind of rolling stuff.
0: Yeah, but I, I was just thinking along because, like, Wings is the exact same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. that director, same thing. Like, trying something different. Yeah, we're, not just, we're gonna not just stuff, uh, stuff, yeah. putting a camera here and just roll, Yeah, cut, move on. No, like, like, let's try to get some interesting shots and actually make you feel like you're part of the movie, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, this was, like... Filmed around the same time as that one would have yeah, been. Yeah, it was
1: it was the year after.
0: Yeah, so I just thought that was very interesting. Uh, but at this point, they have proven that there was enough time during intermission to get there and back, and they just had this random criminal who I guess was part of the gang. Uh, they, they being the cops.
1: Yeah, they just like you said, they didn't have any proof of who did it. But we're just going to pull in this random dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> some other guy from the gang. How they picked him up? I. I did not catch, um, or if they even said, but they got him to confess and say it was chick under threat of them shooting him with a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, did, are you wanting this to hold up in court or did the court not give a shit about how you got a confession?
1: It wasn't going to matter. Dude, this, <laughs> this was Chicago in the twenties. Everybody <laughs> was on the take. <laughs> But
0: literally just said like, yeah, what if you tried to escape and I shot you with this gun, so you better tell me what's going on.
1: Now, do do we know if they were serious or if they were just playing up an angle? I don't we know. don't know. But again, Chicago 20s, who knows, maybe, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, but to this point, like, so obviously with that being all part of the investigation, that the director, and I assume it was probably part maybe of the writing too. I don't know. But they adopted the correct methodology in the fact that it's like when you're telling a story, show, don't don't tell. tell. Yeah, And there's so many of these movies we've been watching so far and movies even come out today, it's all tell. They tell you what happened instead of showing you, bringing you along for the journey and let you see what happened and come along to that you know, here's what happened by them showing you. Right. Uh, so I really liked. I, I, I'm honestly going to look up whatever this what this guy's done beyond alibi to see there's anything I want to watch. But, um, so at this point, they have somebody who said Chick did it. Uh, Billy has been revealed in front of Joan to be Danny, a cop.
1: Yeah. Who was who was to placed... this
0: point? I don't know why Joan never revealed that to anybody.
1: So he was undercover, um, and they were trying to get him in as an informant on this gang, and things went south when on the big reveal. Mm -hmm. Hence, which is why he had to, you know, break his cover or whatever.
0: Yeah. So speaking of the big reveal, so we're back at the club, and Chick walks in and says, "I need an alibi for the, like." I think it was five minutes. They said, I was like, "There's no way." Inter- intermission was only five minutes, but maybe that was the five minutes he was on for, of I guess I don't know, but he needed another alibi for those five minutes to make sure that you know he couldn't be fingered for this. And since he's getting another alibi at that point, this is the only real fault I had in the movie. That's how they revealed that Chick actually did do this. To this point, we had no idea as the audience whether he was guilty of anything, and this is how they revealed it. Um, I would have preferred something, what, I don't know, but some other way of revealing versus him just saying, I need another alibi. That just, it didn't feel right to me.
1: They were trying to sweet talk him into like, hey, you know, if you do this for me, you know, we'll be your friend or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get an alibi from Billy. Yeah, from. from That I was talking to you for those however many minutes on the phone.
1: I, even though like they didn't. yeah, um, it was still pretty obvious to me from the very beginning that Billy was a plant. He obviously wasn't like that, and that maybe, again, at least from from my perspective, I'm like, yeah, he did it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 well, I was trying to not go with the idea that, like, you know, I, I was judging against movies nowadays. Where the criminal's not necessarily the bad guy. Right. Where he didn't necessarily do it just because he has a criminal past. Um, the fact that he ended up... Yes, he was the one that did it. Okay, fine. No problem with that. Uh, but I liked the fact that they, they didn't show him. And it was all a mystery up to that point. I just... I didn't like the big reveal of how they showed that he was the it, one that it did was it. It was very rushed. Yeah, because at this point, like, they didn't have any evidence. All they proved is he had enough time to get there. That doesn't mean it was him. Right. Right. So I would have rather they found some other kind of, quote-unquote, smoking gun. Something, yeah.
1: yeah. No, it's just, like you said, when when they were kind of cozying up to, to Billy, like, hey, I need you to tell him that you were talking to me. Yeah. Like, okay, I mean...
0: And, and to him, he's like, got him! Yeah. But he's having to, like, play Because you can see his face kind of go, like, oh, shit, I've got him. He's, he's telling me to be his alibi. But then he all of a sudden goes... Yeah, that's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, wait a minute. Like, it's just a five-minute thing, but we don't have him for the robbery or the murder. Yeah.
0: So Um, then that's when uh, Billy uh, (laughs) was like, I'm going to go and, you know, call my business partner. Have him come down here and everything.
1: Actually, another thing I just remembered. So they introduced Billy as a bonds guy, like a bank, Mm -hmm. like a bank dude. Would you trust that man with any of your money? <laughs> no, no.
0: Yeah, they they call him. I don't remember what it was, but it was something like the the the, the bank whiz kid. Yeah, or something like, he, like that.
1: he's he's a bankman. Like you know, yeah. it, You know, getting. I'm not giving him a damn dime.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just remembered no no. That. no you're you fine. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, but he has to call some number to get his partner to come down, uh, and that number is actually you know, it's not the main police headquarters because Chick would have known that. It's some other, like, phone bank place that's for the cops. Right. Uh, And he essentially, he's like, yeah, get on down here, bring everything. Essentially saying, bring all the cops and, like, we're going to bust this guy, right? And then Joan shows up and at this point, Chick tells Joan, like, oh, yeah, I was talking to Billy for those five minutes, you know, like. So that should reveal to Joan that, oh shit, why is he... Like, I know this guy's a cop. Let me say something. She still doesn't say anything. Uh, Or, being like, you said you were innocent of this, but now you're saying you have an alibi from talking to this guy, and I know he's a cop. Something doesn't compute. But no, she still keeps the whole secret, so I don't know why the secret was ever revealed to her to begin with, because she doesn't do anything with it. But she's trying to get... I can't remember who she's trying to get a hold of. I can't remember if she's trying to get a hold of... Her dad or... I think it was her dad. The other yeah. guy to try to help with something. And she ends up calling Melrose 2100. And all of a sudden, Chick goes... Because like, that's the exact number that Danny just called. And she knows Joan's trying to call the police. Right. And that's what Danny just called, or Billy just called. um, And all, that's all of a sudden he's like, fuck. He's a cop.
1: A maid, yeah. Yeah,
0: and so... <laughs> So he's all like, you know, telling, uh, what was it, Toots or whatever, like, go get Billy. Bring him back in here. Uh, And he comes in and like, Chick and two other guys just pull guns on him because they're like, we know you're a cop now. And the way Danny gets out of this was essentially like, hey, what's going on? And kind of puts his arm around the guy next to him Mm -hmm. and also just kind of goes like this. And the guy like shoots the floor, drops his own gun. The other guy over here somehow <laughs> drops his gun, and he pulls his own gun out and points it at Chick. And I'm like, "What? Come on, yeah, yeah. You guys could have come up with a better stunt than that.
1: No, that's 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 what they got to work with. <laughs> I, I the whole the whole thing. Like I said, I I had that dude pegged from the first. Like, nope. Don't, don't don't buy it not for a single second mm. I was just waiting for for that moment like, yeah have you
0: ever seen an act anyone acting that kind of drunk you know they're a cop because yeah. that's shit
1: they' they're they're really really bad at it
0: <laughs> yeah um but yeah so eventually you know the tables get turned and he shoots Danny and Danny at that point I think if I probably had just gotten done calling toots like a name or something. Uh, Sounds right. Can't remember what the name was. We'll just, I, stick, I don't know. We'll just
1: stick with Toots.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Called Toots some kind of name. She got all pissed at. Yeah. And then he gets shot, and she's rushing, like, oh my God, are you okay? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. It's almost verbatim what he said.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's clear he was dying. <laughs> it's
0: clear. But then, like, cops are rushing in, and, you know, Chick rushes out the back door. Um, actually, no, he didn't get out the back door yet. Did he?
1: He was no. So like he was around the corner. There was something cool I wanted to mention about that here. Here in a hmm. second. Like yeah, he, he kind of hid in the back room. Or uh, back that's room. right. He
0: was hid, He was hiding in another room in there, like behind a door. Yeah. Because uh, I, I was like, he got out of there, but then he came back. But yeah, he's hiding behind a door, uh, and essentially in like a closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they the cops come in and they're talking to Danny. The dude takes ten fucking years to die. Yes. He's just like, mercy. Oh, tell him I love him. Mercy. <laughs> and I'm just like, fucking die
1: already. <laughs> for the, for those at home, he's not
0: exaggerating. That's about <laughs> how no, long long. it was not great. Um, but yeah, so they, they discover he's in the closet. And then his dumb ass, like, shoots out of the closet with his little, like, revolver. Bang, 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 bang. Out of bullets. And they're like, Yeah.
1: It went all street sweepers with the Tommy
0: gun yeah he's just like fuck
1: I give up I give up that that was kind of the that was one thing I thought was kind of cool when he was around the corner uh, like in that bathroom like you had the door and then that little alcove or whatever and he was kind of hiding in there
0: oh seeing like the like, through like the, the door like the bullets yeah, pep- like pepper yeah. in the door I'm like oh that I was kind of cool I didn't think about that because that's another thing that you just see nowadays and don't think anything about yeah I was like oh that's kind of neat yeah yeah that's very true I
1: had it like ripping right through the door like I was like oh that was
0: cool but I, I, I did notice that he, 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 he's a badass, uh, he thinks. And then somebody points a gun at him, and he shriveled into a tiny little boy. Yeah. And just like crying like, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. I'm sorry.
1: They almost turned me into Swiss <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, But yeah, then he, he gets away by turning off the lights. <laughs> well, and they're all like, see. where is he? Where is he?
1: Bang, bang, where is he? <laughs> We're just going to randomly shoot into the dark.
0: <laughs> and then like, he uh getting away like shoves Joan if I'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. so hard that she went into a wall fell on her knees and her head went right right up against the wall and I'm like that wasn't fake she hit her head real hard on that wall
1: (laughs) early stunts early stunts (laughs) that shit hurt
0: (laughs) but yeah then he's like uh he's he's you know running away and whatever uh and goes up to the roof of the building and i thought this was a very interesting shot too and i'm curious if you found how this was done because i tried to find it myself so he runs and he he jumps across the building and he like lands mm-hmm. and then he just kind of uh, and falls he, he, backwards he Loses his balance yeah uh well it wasn't very convincing but he lands and then like falls backwards but then like you can see a little cut because like it's it's it the camera is shooting down between the two roofs mm. of these two buildings. And he kind of falls back a little bit. And there's a cut. And then there's actually something that falls all the way down. It's like a dummy. But, I mean, he, like, actually kind of falls backwards. So, I'm curious how they did that shot. Because I don't see them being able to, you know, digitally remove anything that he was hooked onto. It looked to me... And they wouldn't have had him jump over a real roof. He could have hurt himself. So, to me, like, that was fake. But somehow in the center... There was a real drop like added from another camera shot. So I'm like, how the hell do they do that I, based on that technology
1: I, I would I would posit to you that this was the first um, special effect.
0: Like I'm saying this director yeah like I'm curious in his other work after watching this film.
1: I I don't I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to actually look into how it was done. Um, it would, it, yeah, there was, it was clearly a dummy that was, that was falling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was, a, I mean, it was, it's not like today when there's a cut, you can see the cut. Right. But it was a little, like all of a sudden change and there like, was a it's dummy like, that it's fell. like a frame, like one yeah. or two
1: frames. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of neat. Cause I'm I, like, I was sitting there watching it like, okay, okay, okay. And then, like, he jumps, like, and then he falls, and you see that cut. Like, oh, that was really cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I watched that twice. Because yeah. all of a sudden I was like, that was interesting. Because, like, he clearly falls backwards, which he probably just fell onto the ground. Because that would have been ground between there, I'm pretty sure. Oh, concrete, And then yeah. they had, like, a second shot that was actually a shot looking down something. That they just kind of, <laughs> digitally, but not digitally, <coughs> put between the buildings. And so, when he fell and then cut... And then they actually dropped a dummy down. It, it
1: may have been like a double exposure.
0: <coughs> Excuse me, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, um, you do that.
1: <laughs> it may have been like a double exposure kind of thing. Cause that's, that's how they did, how they got, uh, um, some, some different things like for, um, four sons that we, we watched a little while back where they did the double exposure with like the old late with the, yeah. the mom. And then you had like the, like all the, the ghosts of her sons or whatever um
0: maybe That's they, true, cause something... if they actually shot from a real building and then built a set that was exactly like the two roofs yeah
1: i i'm i'm gonna look back into that because that was a pretty I, I i didn't get a chance to look into how it was yeah. done um but that that was a pretty neat shot
0: but yeah to me like this this director was like experimenting he was trying to actually tell stories and you know do stunts and b-roll all these things that i've not really seen much in the films that we've watched so far up to this point mm-hmm. so i'm like i'm I'm pretty impressed especially based on when this was done with what he did so it, it, if not clear long story short i actually liked this movie
1: it, it wasn't bad um at least at least in my opinion some some of the performances i well
0: i could have done without danny slash billy but
1: <laughs> I, I like the idea of them like trying to get somebody into into the gang, but just not the way they did, just not the way they did it.
0: Not, hey, I'm hey, here,
1: I'm responsible for your money, and I'm drunk <laughs> all of the time. Yeah,
0: and then he, he's just walking around me, go, and just start like trotting over the drink and like, Can hi, I... friend.
1: Yeah, come on, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, didn't care for that, but just. There, there was so much about else that, about that film that impressed me that I was, I, I liked Some it. Some
1: of the performances I, I thought were,
0: lack, <laughs> also on YouTube. Yeah,
1: lackluster. Um, but uh, just just for the technical aspects. yes, I, yes. I enjoyed it just for that.
0: I, I liked the like the technical aspects, but I also liked the fact that they didn't give away the story immediately. They 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 held it back and kind of took you along the journey. Yeah, right yeah. when they got to essentially Act Three and they're revealing everything. Could have had some better ways to do it. Uh, but still, comparing it to its day, I'm like, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. So, but Yeah, that was Alibi, 1929. Moving on.
1: And on to the next.
0: <laughs> Got one more here, and this one is actually...
1: A piece of paper.
0: A piece of paper. <laughs> this one is actually the winner... Of best film at the Oscars, The Broadway Melody 1929, directed by Harry Beaumont. Um, actually, I don't think I had this on all these others. Yeah, I forgot to talk about this stuff, but uh, Broadway Melody had a production budget of $379,000 and according to what I'm finding, has a total box office of 4.4 million.
1: That's that's quite a chunk of change for
0: 1929. Yeah. Uh, stars Bessie Love as Harriet Hank Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anita Page as Queenie Mahoney. Queenie.
1: Most weird, I mean, that's the most unique first name you're ever going to get.
0: What about Hank being short for Harriet? I have heard of that. Really? Yes, I yeah. have. Uh, Charles King as Eddie Kearns. Eddie Kane as Francis Zanfield. Kenneth Thomas, or sorry, Kenneth Thompson as... As Jacques Warner, Warner, Jacques Warner, Warner, Warner. Okay,
1: <laughs> not, not not Warner, Warinner, War, there's, there's an extra N in there.
0: Uh, <laughs> Jed Proudy uh, as Uncle Jed.
1: Uncle Jed, who, yeah,
0: we'll get to him. Um, so yeah, the synopsis is a pair of sisters from the vaudeville circuit trying to make it big time on Broadway, but matters of the heart complicate the attempt yeah aka love triangle coming um (laughs) so some interesting things about the movie before we actually break it down uh the broadway melody this movie was mgm's first all talking picture and the first sound film to win obviously best picture oscar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, a silent version of this film was also released as a lot of cinemas hadn't yet acquired sound equipment uh to be able to play it uh the number, wedding of the painted doll, uh, is three hundred and seven feet in uh, length. Why did I type length? Uh, anyways, it was filmed in two Technicolor, but except for a sixteen-second segment uh, fragment, uh, it's preserved at George Eastman House. So like it, it, the movie only survives in black and white. It essentially had some Technicolor stuff and. Like a lot of the films back then, the, they there had some was, color, they've been lost.
1: Yeah, there was another film um, in the box office that we'll be talking about that had something similar. It was like the first yeah. one in Technicolor, mm-hmm. but all of the, the actual color prints, aside from like 20 seconds, are gone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get to that too. Um, so, what I thought was interesting is the original choreography of this film was rejected. They didn't like it. Uh, so, the number had to be refilmed, but instead of bringing the live orchestra back in to perform the music, Uh, as the new choreography was done, they actually filmed it during a playback of the original take, making this the first film sequence filmed during a playback of pre-recorded music.
1: Hmm. I did not know that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, Also, this film currently has a 39% score on Rotten Tomatoes based on 28 reviews, making it the site's worst reviewed film to have won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yep. (laughs) Yep. It is the lowest of 96, I believe. Yep. Um, and one more thing. Uh, I almost watched the wrong movie. (laughs) So we have the Broadway Melody. We have the Broadway Melody, 1929. Uh, I found something on YouTube and it said the Broadway Melody, 1929, had all the directors and actors, but in parentheses it had not. So at first, and I looked at the description, it had all the information about this movie. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, they're putting not to try to get around anyone getting in trouble. Because I think this is the movie that comes out January 1st, 2024 is when it's public domain. Uh, but there was a movie called Broadway that also came out in 1929. Mm. I started watching that and it didn't take me long to find out I was the wrong one. It opened on essentially a mixture of New York footage from like in the air and miniature footage of New York of the exact same place mm-hmm. and like some guy wearing like tidy whities uh like walking through it like he's like king kong or something uh and then it said some started going through like the the title opening title stuff and i saw uh, director paul fejos and i was like whoa this is the wrong movie <laughs> <laughs> so it only took me about you know three minutes or so but i was like what the heck is this you should have
1: played that out man this would have been a weird conversation (laughs) yeah you're like what
0: the hell are you talking
1: about that never happened i don't remember any of that (laughs) stuff
0: (laughs) yes broadway and the broadway melody both came out in 1929 um but broadway i think uh based on what i was looking at might be a foreign film but i didn't I'm going right to go it. watch that. <laughs> I didn't do, Forget it, this no It's on sense. YouTube. This is not a Broadway melody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to watch that.
0: <laughs> All right. So, but the Broadway melody, opening scene, another thing about mics that annoyed me. So they have uh, Eddie uh, at the piano and the piano players playing and he's like singing stuff. Behind them in another room is a bunch of woodwind and string instruments all playing and mm-hmm. people singing. Then off over here, there's another piano playing in another room with the two vaud. Vo- oh, no, two other girls singing, and it's just a jumble of fucking noise.
1: Yeah, it's it, they went from cut to, cut to cut to cut to cut to. I mean, it was it was obviously them working on like you know different aspects of a upcoming performance or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was just like bam, 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 bam. Um, not my favorite. No, not my favorite. Um. It, like you said, it just turned into a wall of noise. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I was like, I couldn't understand what anyone was saying, singing. Nothing. It was just noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then some guy comes in that um, looked like Megamind.
1: Yes. a little bit. Yes, <laughs> you,
0: you saw that too. Yes. Like, not to. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but like his his head just like kind of went like that, and I just immediate thought was Megamind because he was also bald. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> Uh, He comes in and, like, stops everybody, and, you know, Eddie wants to show his new number. Eddie. Uh, And, you know, he goes through it and sings this whole, the the Broadway melody, uh, which, (laughs) it's stuck in my head forever now. Because that song plays, I think, four different times throughout the film. And it's like, the Broadway melody! Over (laughs) and over. And I'm just like, oh, God, it's stuck in my head. (laughs) Anyways.
1: The the vibrato on that song was like, man, oh. they crank that up.
0: Vibrato in general during these films yeah. has been like these older films is getting annoying, because when people are singing, instead of like singing a note and then kind of getting vibrato, they're just like, "I'm singing about stuff." And, yeah. and I'm just like, it. Anyways, I, I do have. To... I'm not a good singer. No, and I'm... I know not to do that. Yeah. I sing like crap.
1: It was kind of neat when they started the this, this film, like they had the, the over, like the blimp shots of, of New York or whatever, like going down Broadway or downtown Manhattan or whatever. Um, I couldn't help myself, but the, the first thing that popped into my head was like one of those old time, like news, news announcers, like Manhattan, New York, 1947. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Honestly the beginning is blended in with the other beginning because yeah. they both started over in New York. So Downtown Manhattan,
1: nineteen thirty-seven.
0: <laughs> a giant man comes down in a cracks a plane.
1: <laughs> I think I couldn't help it.
0: Oh god. Um anyways, but other than that opening scene, so like and he finishes his song and he, he puts on a hat and starts running away yeah. uh to go somewhere and like when I looked at the hat I was like, I've never seen a person wear that hat unless they were part of a barbershop quartet. But hey, whatever. <laughs> hey, he is a quartet. <laughs> Um, as we're watching the, that movie though, or as I'm watching rather, um, I started noticing like this film had some of the best audio quality out mm-hmm. of all the films we've watched.
1: Yeah. It was obviously restored.
0: Yeah. Like it, it sounded really well. So I wasn't sure how, if it was that or if it had been just sounded good from the time because like some of the films, like it very clearly had a camera shot with audio than a separate camera shot with audio because like it goes and like yeah. it keeps changing the audio they didn't have that that may audio have had mixing. to do
1: with with the actual restoration or what was available before they did all of that um, if if the because they they recorded like a, the actual like video with audio at the same time on like yeah. two different tracks and if the video was one thing and the track the audio part had to have significant work done to it they could
0: explain that yeah maybe. But that's just something that I noticed about a lot of the films we've been watching. And this one didn't have that. So, mm-hmm. it was like, the audio quality was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> but then we go into a, I don't know if it's a hotel room, an apartment. It's probably an apartment where the Mahoney sisters oh, a hotel room. Yeah. just come to, to New York. And they play it off like they don't have a whole lot of money because they're talking about, like, you know, we can't get this or do this because we don't want to, you know, be kicked out and not have a be able to cover rent or Whatever it is. Well, they they um, just came
1: in from their, their tour of Peoria, yeah, Illinois. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, come to New York to try to get to the big time. Um, but their Uncle Jed shows up. And just before then, like, they had been getting, you know, down to their knickers and everything to get in the bath and whatnot. And I was like, well, this is definitely pre, you know, whatever that code pre, was. Pre-code, yeah. Because uh, they would not have allowed that to go through. But um, Anyway, so... Uncle Jed comes in and has a horrible stutter. Yeah. And I was sitting there kind of watching it for a little bit, and I'm like, no, he doesn't actually have a stutter because he keeps finding the right word and being able to move on. So he's faking this stutter, and I'm like, what's the point of this? There never ends up being a point to this. But (laughs) uh, Uncle Jed is played by MGM stock player Jed Prouty. The character's pronounced stutter was a popular comic theme of the era, based on the premise of a comic struggling to find a word and ultimately settling for an easier-to-pronounce synonym.
1: So the stuttering was a joke.
0: Yeah. Uh, Apparently, uh, it was something that was so well-received during its time that stuttering being uh, considered an innovative example of sound on film that many early talkies went on to feature a male character who stutters. And I'm like... Do we have more of this to look forward to? I really hope not. <laughs> oh, I bleep, I bleep, I bleep. That's all, folks. Um, <laughs>
1: not everyone can be Mel Blanc,
0: okay?
1: <laughs> Uncle Jed is not Mel Blanc.
0: <laughs> but, anyways, Uncle Jed is apparently somehow involved in he, he's you know, their, their he, tours. That,
1: he's, he's an agent. He's their agent.
0: Oh, he was their agent? I thought he was just doing them a favor. Okay, so he was their agent. He's the one that had been helping book all these tours and whatnot for him. But. Harriet aka Hank is apparently I couldn't tell if they were just dating or engaged but uh, was somehow involved with Eddie who was the one at the beginning no, That was, who her was boyfriend. doing the the Broadway Melody okay so her boyfriend mm-hmm. um and Eddie has promised to bring the Mahoney sisters in to this new show uh that he's helping put on that's funded by Francis Zanfield
1: Zanfield's f- Uh, Zanfield's Review was the name of the show. Was
0: it? Okay. That's probably part of the dialogue I couldn't understand what was being said. (laughs) But at at the very beginning I was actually getting lost a bit in the film and forgetting to take notes. (laughs) Because I was actually enjoying it for a little while there. Uh, But that quickly fell away as they actually started performing the show that they were getting ready for. That's when I I was like oh okay. This is really bad. I'm no no longer (laughs) lost in it. Um, But eddie comes to the the hotel room apartment whatever uh and apparently hadn't seen queenie since she was a little girl and became super creepy because he's just like ogling her and touching her and then kissing her on the mouth and i'm just like dude no mm." so obviously i could see where that was going um and everything at some point.
1: Uh, I'm I'm there's a, a lot that I'm I'm going to want to spill on this one later, but we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, so he brings them down to try out for the show. Yep. And some of the other singer, dancer, whatever's there, uh, some other blonde was not happy about that. What was her name? Dot. I didn't catch her name Hope or something like she that. She wasn't important enough for me to actually list as the cast. <laughs> Um, cause she wasn't there enough, but she like took the person's like purse or clutch or whatever the hell it was and put it inside the piano. So the piano would play off tune.
1: So just to throw them off while they were trying to audition. Cause she looked at it, it was like, <clears> Oh, <throat> these, these two podunks are trying to take my job.
0: Yeah. And so they were in there singing and the piano's off tune the whole time. So they didn't impress Sandfield very much, but if this is correct, based on what I was reading, Yes, that was a joke they did in in that, but apparently these, uh, the Mahoney sister, whatever, were actually part of a real vaudeville act. Mm -hmm. And were like horrible singers. (laughs) Uh, So
1: wait, this was kind of like half-assed based on a true story? uh,
0: Yeah, I guess they were actually a vaudeville act and they got brought into this film and couldn't sing worth a shit
1: oh what What? <laughs> that,
0: that's what I saw it, if it's true or not I don't know but that's what I read is there,
1: is there still like surviving film footage of this I want to see that, that I don't
0: know I didn't go looking digging into it I just oh, found I this little that. trivia fact about the movie that they just were horrible singers and that's part of why they didn't sound that great in the movie it wasn't so much just that it was playing up that the piano was bad they just can't sing <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, yeah. So, she was getting mad because the piano player kept stopping trying to fix the piano to make the sound better. She's like, no, just keep playing. We're trying to... Kip, kept throwing First. them off. And I'm yeah. like, you you should know the piano sounds like shit. Let them fix it. Why would you not want your audition to be the best This, this was their big
1: shot, and he was a very busy man. They only had a very limited yeah. amount of time.
0: But it's probably because the piano sounding like shit makes us sound less like shit. Cause we can't sing. So stop trying to fix it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they had a, they had a, a self inflated, you know, worth. Like we're a lot better than what, you know, everybody else thinks we are. So we're yeah. going to, we're going to push.
0: But yeah, I just noticed she was quick to anger probably because everyone was calling her Hank. But, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have heard that as a nickname for Harriet.
0: That was a first for me. Uh, but so at first, Zanfield's like, no. And then Queenie goes and talks to Zanfield, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay, fine, you can be in the show. Uh, and then, of course, at that point, you know, the, the show is beginning rehearsals and everything.
1: You you kind of glossed over the um, one thing that really caught my attention was um, it was right after that part where somebody went over and was was t- uh, yelling at this, this Zanfield character, about something. It, it really doesn't even matter what, mm-hmm. but like just the complete, like massive misogyny right after that. He's like, Oh, be quiet. Won't you run along and be a good little girl. <laughs>
0: Oh, I must have missed that. Oh
1: man, dude. I was rolling. Because I was taking
0: notes in the middle of it. I
1: was I, I was watching it at home and I,
0: I have another one very similar oh, to that later on, God. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I have something very similar to that very oh, later. Oh man, the
1: the massive misogyny on display through a lot of from a lot of these characters in this in this particular movie was just horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no no it, it, I've got more again, later. I just missed that one. <laughs> again, you know, trying to
1: keep these uh, of course, it's wrong, but like in the lens of when these were yeah, made. Yeah, <laughs>
0: just oh goodness. Um, but yeah, so the the show starts uh, being rehearsed and practice and whatnot. Um, and I noticed like during part of the show, there's a tap performance, mm-hmm. and somebody has ballet shoes with tap stuff at the end of like the ballet slippers, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I started googling this, trying to find this is really a thing. I'm like, ballet slippers that are also tap shoes. Is that a thing? Because I could not find I it on Google. I don't know,
1: but the the shit she was doing, I mean, that was pretty <laughs> impressive. Actually, <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not big onto that type of stuff, but I mean, it takes especially for tap dancing and to do it on your tippy toes mm-hmm. in ballet shoes. Yeah, mad
0: props, <laughs> mad props. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, and then once again, you know, they start singing the Broadway Melody. <laughs> um, and the vaudeville girls, they're just coming out to dance during it. Yep. And they do this weird dance where, like, one's in front, the other's behind her, like, holding their arms, and that's their dance every single time. Um, and they're not dancing for, like... Twenty seconds and Zanfil's like, no, 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 cut it short and get them out of there. Too, he said the
1: song was too slow. Yeah, <clears throat> and for, and for them to get rid of it. And then the song Tank, right after underfit. that was even slower.
0: Yeah, but so and then like <laughs> Zanfil's a little yes sir entourage. Oh yeah, uh, everything guess, he says, the all man. the guys in unison, yes sir. <laughs> That, no. that was actually cut that. cut that it's too slow yes
1: sir i i, I giggled a couple of times <laughs> like him of course he's surrounded by a bunch of yes men
0: Mm-hmm. yep yeah, probably the uh, origin of the term yeah um <laughs> but no what had me cracking up so during all this you know practice rehearsal there's this uh guy who's like some kind of like roman thing or whatever and he's like, put the spotlight on me. I can't sing without the spotlight. Yes. And so the spotlight's like, fine. And puts him on for it. And some other girl's like, where'd my spotlight go? I need the spotlight. And goes back to her. And he's like, but you should never take the spotlight off me. Put it right here. I need the spotlight. And the guy just says, fuck it. And threw the spotlight <laughs> at him. <laughs> and it just crashes in front of him. He's like. <laughs> I was like, that was pretty good. Almost I- I got it. That. Damn it. <laughs> I like that. That was pretty good. Oh. Uh,
1: Yes, there's your spotlight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I I laughed pretty good at that too.
0: But but so then they move back on to practising everything like that. And then one of the, the blonde chick was that was supposed to be in it, the one that like messed with them earlier. They
1: they they, they foreshadowed that pretty badly actually. They're like, Is that safe? Yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs>
0: Which part I'm be thinking of something else the,
1: the the lady on top of the pedestal thing you were just talking about oh the way she felt yeah yeah, yeah. like they, they were like is she, is she okay up there is, yeah it's totally safe she'll be just fine
0: <laughs> yeah so that they like she fell and they she couldn't perform they took her away and so they took Queenie and put her in the outfit and had her go out and uh, get on the edge of the boat and then everyone is praising her performance she didn't and do how anything. great she did here's what she did.
1: She stood there. That's that's it. literally
0: it. That's it. There's people dancing and singing in front of her, and she did this
1: the entire time.
0: And everyone's like, "Oh my god, she's an amazing performer."
1: Yeah.
0: I'm like, what the fuck did she do? <laughs> she stood
1: there like this. I mean, yeah. clearly that takes a lot of skill.
0: Like, it was kind
1: of kind of funny. The the person on there, or the the actress that was assigned the pedestal role like it was kind of funny They like, they had that quick cut of her just like standing there and then just rolls off the side and falls <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't like she was like not paying attention she was just and then rolled mhm dumbest thing i'd i'd seen in a while
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but so the the idea was like you know they're out there in in these skimpy outfits cuz i think you could like maybe see their midriff or something uh and then here's the one that i had she was like, I don't know if I can do this. Stand there, they there like all oh, exposed or whatever. Those guys aren't going to pay 10 bucks to look at your face.
1: That was like $200 in in uh, the um, current money. $200 to stare at her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it was actually a little over three. Uh, but cause, I don't because I did a bunch of conversions recently, because it was like $17.87 for every dollar or something no. like that uh but seriously the fact that like the 20s were great for female empowerment
1: absolutely that's that's kind of like what i was talking about earlier like the whole misogyny thing like yeah. like you said nobody's gonna pay any money to stare at your face yeah
0: bro <laughs> show <him> some skin <laughs> this is ridiculous but but yeah show some skin do this and everybody loves you
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. epic performance
0: <laughs> Um, yeah, and I had this again, like I don't think people making movies back then had ever seen a drunk person. No nope. because another drunk person's in this movie. Uh don't know why. He serves no purpose. He's just there and oh, he's doing okay. the little
1: Yeah. <clears throat> For reasons. Again. Hiccups, I look like a complete idiot. I got yeah. my head in this, you know.
0: But then you might be able to fill in something that I potentially missed. After the show, Jack Warriner
1: warriner.
0: <laughs> uh is impressed by Queenie's tremendous performance of Standing Like a Statue, um, and you know, essentially starts courting her and wants to take her out and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone being Eddie and Hank blow a gasket at the idea of her being with Jack. Why?
1: If I had to guess, so
0: did they did they ever say what the problem was with Jack? Like I get Eddie and I, I we'll get to why his real reason is but I didn't understand why everyone was saying, don't go out with Jack. I don't see where they filled that in.
1: Um, they didn't explicitly <laughs> state it, but from like Eddie had been around him a lot. And if I had to guess this, this um, Jacques slash Jock, which they, they, you know, kind of pointed at repeatedly, had a bit of a reputation as a womanizer, um, you know, the type of because they, they mentioned later on in the movie, like, he's not going to marry you you know, there's no point to this. He's just going to try and sleep with you and then dump you and that, mm-hmm. that type of thing. I got the impression that, that Queenie was, was on the younger side. Mm-hmm. Um, very naive. Didn't, yeah. Didn't, I mean, this was her first time in the big city after touring, you know, smaller places. Um, but my guess is that he had a reputation for, for being a bit of a sleazeball.
0: And that's fine. They just never showed that ahead of time. But again, like really you said, that. show, just, don't tell don't where, Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because what I was reading is this was an MGM movie, and I believe it was W. Warner Brothers. I think it was Warner Brothers. Um, uh, Jacques Warner was made to essentially say something about Jack Warren, I think it is. Oh, <laughs> who was the head of Warner
1: Brothers, I think it was. Mm. Makes sense. They're, they're just, yeah, the you know, the studio rivalry. Yeah, sense. That's essentially, yeah. Um, there was another. Um, this movie was MGM's answer to Warner Brothers. They they put out their own little um, musical that year, <laughs> which which I believe we'll be discussing actually.
0: Okay. Well, okay. Um, so obviously they're all mad the idea of her dating Jack. Eddie, I get. Because he's a creeper making a play for Queenie, even though he's currently dating her, her sis- sister, her Hank. sister. Uh-huh. Who is uh, lust at first sight. Um, <laughs> so, that starts driving a wedge between Queenie and her Thank sister you know. and everything. Uh, and Hank was trying to set up, like, a birthday party for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, And Queenie chose to go out with Jack and all these strangers for her birthday, who are still praising her performance when she didn't do anything. But, during that celebration, actually I should add this, right before she went out for that celebration, Eddie starts singing her a song. Singing a song, singing a song song as he's trying to serenade her Mm -hmm. and everything. While she's at this birthday party with Jag and they're out uh, on the dance floor, he starts singing the exact same song to her. Yes,
1: that song has actually been used in several different movies. Really, um, uh, Fred Astaire did, did a version of, of one of those songs, um, in uh, and actually one of them ended up in singing in the rain, um, in the 1960s. So they kind of re, redid a lot of the same, same hmm. songs.
0: Well, she immediately him down, shuts him down because she's like, I don't want to hear that song. Yep. And so then he tells the band to start br- sing, uh, like playing the, the Broadway, Broadway Mel. melody, which is also sung by Eddie. And I was like, they're being a little heavy-handed here with this.
1: Yes, he's like, let's play the, not the you know the other popular show tune.
0: Yeah, because that foreshadows something in a minute. Um, so. Jack starts dancing with Queenie and, like, dancing her over to the edge of the room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is he trying to dance her over into a bedroom?
1: And then they get if, to the end
0: of the hall, or not the hall, the, the edge of the, the the big ballroom. And he, like, puts a bracelet on her wrist.
1: Looked like a very expensive bracelet. I don't know jewelry, it might have been. <laughs> it, it, it was, like, lined with diamonds and stuff.
0: It could have been cubic zirconias. Not in the 20s. Did they no, have lab-grown
1: diamonds in the 20s?
0: I don't know. It they could have been glass, I don't know. Um If you know the answer, it leave, it the <laughs> leave it in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> leave it in the comments. Um So Yeah, he's essentially trying to like buy his way into her pants. Yep. Um I can't remember if I'm pretty sure it happens a scene later. I think it flashes back to the show at this point. Uh, because I have a note about uh part of the show where there's two guys and two ladies dancing on the stage and they're being flung around like at those like you know swing dancing competitions you see mm-hmm. uh, they're just being like tossed all over the place it ends with them like having the women up over their shoulders and they're like hanging off the back mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this but the area of the stage they're standing on descends below stage yep as it's going down the woman on the right side, the guy was standing so close to the edge that her nose was about to hit the edge. So she puts her hand out like this to push oh, back from it. it as they're going down below stage. I missed that. I just saw that. And I was like, oh, that would have probably hurt. <laughs> I'm just going to drag my
1: nose. <laughs> yeah, uh, I missed that part. Yeah.
0: Yeah. but And then it eventually actually shows Queenie actually sung in the show, too. And that's the first and only time we saw her singing in the show. And I'm like, well, is that maybe the reason they're saying she did so good? No, she didn't sing anything. She just stood there. No, later on it shows her singing. Later. Oh, that that part, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, maybe like that's the part they actually saw when they watched the entire playback that we didn't see until just now. But <laughs> she sings eventually. In yeah, the show. she
1: does. But why would they like? That doesn't make any sense. Like, well, if
0: if if them in the audience saw the whole show, but all we saw as the audience of the film What's was the... when she did this part. But if they also saw her singing and thought she was great or because otherwise like that, I'm like, otherwise I'm still like, she didn't fucking do anything. And you guys thought she was great, but she did sing eventually. So maybe they saw that.
1: That's fine. But we're not, <laughs> we're not supposed to figure that, that out until later. Cause I guess, cause, cause like you said, like great. everyone was fawning over. Her. You did such a great job. Yeah. You stood there. What is the point of it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I create creative choices know. that make no sense.
0: I will say none of that dancing or the musical numbers or anything have anything to do with the actual story going on. Nope, some they're the... just there to pad the runtime.
1: Yeah, some of the sets were kind of cool, but that was about mm. it, at least for me.
0: Yeah, um, but at that point they're in, you know, they're in the dressing room, Hank, Eddie, and uh, Queenie, because they've been rehearsing again, uh, and she's about to go off with Jack or Jacques or whatever his name is again. Uh, and Hank gets mad at her and Eddie just loses his shit about it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you see this look on Hank's face was essentially like why is Eddie getting as mad as he is? How does this affect him? And there was like almost like a light bulb went off that she figured out that Eddie's in love with her. Mm -hmm. And while I had issues with some of this uh, the way that she's like Oh, because uh, like, you know, Queenie runs off. Uh, and Hank tells Eddie, she's like, Oh, I was just, you know, with you to kind of help my career. Like, this was just being fun and being playful. This meant nothing. And he's like, really? She's like, yeah. And so then Eddie takes off to go get Queenie. And I was like, she essentially sacrificed her own happiness yeah. for her sister and Eddie. Yes. And I was like, that was an interesting way to go that I was not expecting when it happened.
1: I, well, I ha- I had some thoughts on, mm-hmm. on all of this that will, that kind of culminate at the end. Um, I hadn't expected that either, um, to a certain point, but, like, for, for movies like this, and we had touched on the, the weird misogyny type of thing, um, they're not gonna make the, the man look bad in yeah. any capacity. Um, uh I'll 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 get more into that when we get towards towards the end of the movie. Um fair enough. I just I don't want to spoil anything cuz we're still kind of working our way through it.
0: Yeah, no no, I I totally get you. But I, I did think that was a an interesting sacrifice. I just I don't know.
1: Yeah. <coughs> I I I felt really bad for her.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Um So at that point I'm trying to remember didn't uh I and mean, he went back to Jack and he was like all trying to trying like come to, on I've, I've spent all this money on you yeah, bitch trying, get trying in to, bed, trying know? to seal the deal yeah and she like, this, this, this was at a,
1: a birthday or at her birthday party or no no it was, this it was just at a normal party yeah
0: yeah it was, it was afterwards um but yeah like he's trying to finally finish what he's been spending all this money to get to uh and she's like, No, I don't want to because, like, apparently she's in love with Eddie for reasons. For, yeah,
1: just, you know, creepy reasons. But, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and she's trying to get away, and then, like, Eddie shows up and is about to, like, sock him, and Jack, like, knocks him on his ass. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Blocked uh, and combo breaker. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it was excellent choreography, too, with it just like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Um,. But yeah, then Queenie like essentially runs off with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're gonna go get married, and Hank is going to uh, hook up with that the blonde chick that fell earlier that she had the fight with at the beginning because mm-hmm. she was the same one that did the piano trick to them. Yep, and they're gonna go do their own thirty you know, city or 30 show. She's she's right back where she tour again, where she started that uncle Jed set up and she's just going off on tour to essentially get away and let the two lovebirds be lovebirds. Yeah. Um, and during that, I don't understand the specifics of it, but uncle Jed, uh, says that the term troopers are all tramps in some speech he was given. And then he calls Hank a real trooper. So did he just call her a tramp? Yeah. And was tramp a different meaning back then as to what it is now?
1: I don't know. Honestly, that, that, that was kind of, kind of a weird thing. Um, my takeaway from, from this particular film is that everyone in New York is a horrible person.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Especially to the, th- like, cause the only person that I felt bad for in this entire, was Hank. Her sister's horrible she stole her boyfriend her boyfriend is horrible cuz like he's you know he's obviously playing up or uh, exaggerating what sort of pull he has in broadway mm-hmm. and then steals his girlfriend's sister the all the people in that are responsible for this play are terrible people especially jock <laughs> um zanfield they're all horrible um and then like towards the end like you, once you finish your tour you're gonna come live with us at our house and you know
0: Long with Island. all the money we're gonna make and you're gonna be poor you have to live with us it's
1: no man like I'm, I was I, I, like there's no way that she can realistically do this mm. like I'm gonna go live with my ex-boyfriend who who is now married to my sister yeah who who my my boyfriend cheated on me with my sister full stop no <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um two more little things. Same thing in that same with scene with Uncle Jed. Uh, he, he had checked his watch for something, and his watch was way off. And he's just like, what the heck's going on with this thing? And then later on, in the same scene, mm-hmm. uh, just minutes later, he tells uh, Hank and the girl, like, hey, you guys are going to be late. The train's coming. You're going to be late. I'm like, how would you fuck you know? Your watch is wrong, remember? Maybe
1: he fixed it. Or when?
0: They... He was in the scene with them the whole time? <laughs> In the background. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just like, somebody forgot that his watch was wrong for reasons. And then suddenly he, I don't or maybe
1: remember. he was trying to get him out of the apartment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, Oh, I forgot one other thing that may, I want to see if you understand this. Cause this seemed really weird to me. So in the scene where Hank is like trying to get Eddie to go off and chase after Queenie, she's like, calls him yellow mm-hmm. and everything. You know, obviously calling him a, a coward. And then after she he finally takes off, she's like, "Oh, Hank, you're not yellow, you're white." What?
1: That he wasn't a coward is, is kind of but what it, white. I I don't know. What's what's the opposite of yellow?
0: Clear. <laughs> What's the opposite of any color? Fuck if I know. But yeah,
1: I, it, that's my guess. Is that you're you're not a coward. You're
0: I took it as like you're not yellow. You're not a coward. And then you're in says for his his skin color. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with it? I,
1: I don't think it was a skin color thing. I think it was just you're not yellow. You're not a coward. You're you know
0: that must courageous. just be some term that has not carried through the last century for me well, to understand. Because yellow, I get that's been in films. About, you know, Westerns and stuff for a long time. I mean,
1: we're also trying to decipher 100-year-old slang. Yes. With, with no context or... Yeah,
0: we, we've been dealing with that for a minute now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, overall thought of the movie?
1: Um, Not not my favorite. Like I said, I, I felt everybody in this movie was terrible, except for Hank. I felt really bad for her. Um, not... I mean, I didn't enjoy the the songs. They were not my favorite. Not my, you didn't enjoy the
0: Broadway melody! No. <laughs>
1: no, I did not. <laughs> um, you know, I, I watched this actually very... I watched this just last night. Um, mm-hmm. not, not anything that I want to repeat. Not. I mean... In this case, the Rotten Tomato critics are accurate. This was <laughs> not... Not a good movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the, the, the beginning... I liked. Um, I I was getting lost in the film at the very beginning because it seemed very much about these sisters and what was going on with their life. Right. The second they started practicing for the show, it was all downhill. Yeah. Uh, Well, again, it it started downhill, too, because it's just the noise and the the sound studio place they were recording at. But, yeah, as soon as the show started, I was like, nope, I'm done. Um,
1: I'm just... I I don't... I did not enjoy this movie. Um, I could not realistically recommend it to anyone. Now if, if you want to watch it for the historicals perspective, fine, it's your time to waste.
0: Or to weigh in on any of the stuff we have said if, about yeah, it. Yeah, of course, of course.
1: <laughs> um but no, it's 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 not something that I enjoyed myself. Yeah.
0: So out of the three movies I mean that we watched, the the Broadway Melody was the uh, winner of best picture yes. at the Oscars right. uh, for 1929. Yep. And we also watched uh In Old Arizona and Alibi. Out of those three that we chose to watch, do you agree that the Oscar winner was still *The Broadway Melody*? Or would you have picked a different one? I
1: would have picked a different movie. What would you? I, have I probably would have picked *Alibi*.
0: I think we're in agreement here because same thing. I honestly, out of the three movies we watched, *The Broadway Melody* was my least favorite. Yeah. Uh, it, it goes *Alibi* and *Old Arizona*. *The Broadway Melody*.
1: I. I it's yeah. It's I, I would agree with with that 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 ordering. Um, but I mean. Wasn't a fan of Arizona. Wasn't a fan of Broadway Melody. So it's like, here's the winner. At least two are down here and it's not like, it's not close.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's definitely Alibi was uh, the best one up there for me. So, um, yeah. Uh, so next week, or not next week, but well, I guess it's next week when we release them. Huh. Um, but the next episode we're going to be doing the same year, 1929. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to be going to the, the box office. um, Sadly, the box office winner for that year uh, was also the Broadway Melody.
1: Which we've already done.
0: (laughs) But here's some of the other options uh, for us to pick from. Uh, There's the Cockeyed World, which is two Marines are sent to South Sea Island where they fight over a local island girl. Another love trio, so me personally, I'm like, no. Um, (laughs) You have Gold Diggers of Broadway... Three Broadway Chorus Girls Seek Rich Husbands, Uh, but that one is actually lost, unavailable, so we can't actually choose that one anyway. Um, Sunnyside Up, which is Molly and B, Sweet Young Working Girls. Mm. (laughs) Can't actually say it. (laughs) Live in a cheap room over a New York grocery store. Molly's idol, wealthy Jack Cromwell, lives in a Long Island mansion, but is markedly less happy since his fiance Jane, won't discourage her other admirers. Fleeing in his car, Jack ends up in an urban block party where he meets you-know-who. Who is so, that? I'm assuming Molly and B. <laughs> <laughs> so, love triangle. Mm, another um, one. Then we have Rio Rita, which is Captain James Stewart pursues the bandit, the Kinkajou, over the Mexican border and falls in love with Rita, he suspects that her brother is the bandit. I think that one's kind of interesting. Huh. Uh And then we have on with the show. With unpaid actors and staff, the stage show Phantom Sweetheart seems doomed to complicate matters. The box office takings have been robbed and the leading lady refuses to appear. Um... Rio, Rita, and On With The Show seem like the most interesting and lack of love triangle. <laughs>
1: should, should be. I'm I'm just fine with both of those.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll go with those then. So uh, next time, we'll talk a little bit again about The Red White Melody since it was obviously the box office winner for of that year. And then we'll compare it against Rio, Rita, and On With The Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, I'm Jeffrey. I'm Anthony. Uh, we'll see you to the movies.